What's your plan if tax rates double to not only pay the existing $24 trillion in national debt that we have, but all of these extra stimulus packages that we're writing checks for? You know, that's all on borrowed money. You need to have a plan, and it can't be the government's plan. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey gang, welcome into this edition of the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the program with Michael Stewart and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. What's going on, young man? How are you? I'm doing great. You know, as we discussed last time, it's just good to get back to normal. That's right, exactly. Well, you know, speaking of normal, I wanted to ask you a question. I saw that a recent article is talking about investors jumping back in. Uh, obviously, at the time we're taping the this podcast, the market is back up over twenty seven on the Dow, and uh, people are just kind of jumping back in. And so, what's your thoughts? How how are you kind of viewing what's been happening here lately? Yeah, you know, we're viewing it with caution. So, you know, clients that it made sense for them to be in the market even before the downturn, you know, have remained in the market. Uh, other clients, you know, that are kind of clamoring. I think when you see investors the last, you know, 30, 60 days or so, as the markets have started getting back to kind of where they were before this whole pre-corona economy, is that the concerns that we have, you know, we've been forecasting, even when we were toward the lows of the market, and that is that we will get a sharp recovery, um, not only because we were oversold in March, but we're going to get a sharp recovery just because we shouldn't have been that low, perhaps. Uh, and then that recovery will continue into early summer. But then what's going to happen is all these states and economies begin to reopen is people are going to realize that, you know, we're calling for more of a W recovery rather than this quick V, this sharp uh, up move and continue on going forward. The W case comes in because we're in that first V part of the W. And then as the rest of the country starts opening up, people are going to realize that all these jobs aren't coming back. You know, that a good portion of them will just as things reopen, but there's still going to be a significant amount of unemployed, probably 10 or 15 million for the rest of the year. On top of that, with the way that businesses have to operate, both retail restaurants and otherwise, there's not going to be the same level of consumer spending, which is a big driver. It represents over 70% of the economy. So we think that there's a lot of optimism right now, a lot of push. There's a lot of momentum still going forward in the market, you know, which we anticipated. But we're going to get around mid-late summer, and all of a sudden, people are going to start saying, you know, things aren't back the way that they were before this is. You know, the consumer spending and, and just the economy in general is probably 10 or 15, 20% lower than where it would have been. Yet markets currently are priced about where they were before this whole thing began. Hmm. So, you know, I would tread cautiously on a go forward basis. If you've participated in this rally, that's great. Just make sure you've got some kind of stop loss order or some kind of strategy on how you're not going to participate in the next downside. And how do you feel about the fourth quarter with that being said, Michael? You think, because uh, obviously a lot of people think that the fourth quarter is typically where rebounding happens due to the holidays and whatnot. Uh, still kind of the same general thought. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as, as long as we seem to be as a society that we're not worried about kind of a major, you know, uh, economic shutdown again with a second flare up in the yeah. season of the coronavirus and all that, I think things will be handled a little bit more regionally uh, next time rather than kind of an across the board, you know, shutdown. Right. So there'll be hot spots and things will take care of. So I'm definitely more optimistic when we get to the fourth quarter and, you know, especially going into 2021 as we kind of get our arms around these a little bit. And that's part of, you know, what some people are saying from the optimism is that the market's looking nine months, 12 months out. 
you know, gotcha. where I would counter back to some is that in January and February, before the whole coronavirus, you know, was even on anybody's lips, everyone was already saying after 10 years of pretty much a straight up market, you know, coming off the great financial crisis, it's been a great run the last decade. We're already saying we're due for a recession. We're due for a bear market. The economy was already only growing at about a 2% clip, so it wasn't robust and it was actually slowing. So we were already kind of going over the edge of the cliff a little bit before Corona. So sitting here a few months after market lows and seeing what's ahead of us as far as high unemployment and still a little bit less consumer spending, we have to kind of honestly step back and assess and say, wait, doesn't the market seem more than about 10% broken right now, you know, as far as the economy? Because we're priced at the same levels that we were back in February before this whole COVID thing happened. So economically, things aren't making much sense as far as where the market's going. Even though it's forward-looking, there's still a lot of holes in the economy on a go-forward basis. So okay. uh, it's not being pessimistic. It's actually being uh, very realist about what are the near-term implications. And there's some opportunities to protect yourself in the near-term, but to be better positioned for growth as the calendar flips fourth quarter and beyond. All right. Well, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And that's why we do the podcast. So uh, with that in mind, let's hit our main topic this week. A little bit of a, a switch, kind of have some fun. We do these every now and again. There's some colorful characters throughout history that have some interesting quotes. And uh, we've used those before in ways to see what they can teach us about money, whether it's Yogi Berra or Will Rogers, Ben Franklin. There's lots of these guys who have had these interesting uh, takes on things. So I've got a few from Mark Twain this go around, and I want to see what you think about some of these. All right, so let's see. Uh, this one is certainly apropos for right now. One of his quotes is, apparently there is nothing that cannot happen today. <laughs> uh, agreed, yeah. I mean, even just going back to that last uh, headline segment is uh, that makes complete sense, especially after the last 90 days when we've had a 35% market crash, a 40% recovery, a global pandemic. We've shut the country down, gradually reopened it, 40 million people unemployed, yet the markets are back where they were before, right? Yeah. So if anything can happen in today's world, and it often does, we've got to be sure that our portfolio and our plan are able to withstand what, what happens there. Yeah. And as you know, you know, I've always pounded the table about having that written financial plan. And that's not, you know, a, a three inch thick plan you put on the shelf and never see again, but just a simple plan. Maybe it's eight or 10 pages. You know, one page covers retirement income, another one investment risk, another one, if we needed long-term care, how would we pay for it? Maybe another page is about how to save money on your taxes. That way, when the world's upside down, kind of like what we just came through, you know how to react. What does the plan say? People are usually their own worst enemy behaviorally. They feel like they need to do something. They've got to make changes. Oh, no, the market's up. I got to do something. The market's down. I need to do something. Right. You have a written plan to refer to. It takes all that guesswork out of it. So if you need to react, it's because the plan said so, not because something came across the headline. Well, a lot of us have a very fix-it mentality, right? So when something's wrong, we feel the need to fix it. So same kind of thing. My um, wife tells me that all the time. There you go. See? Uh, all right. Another great one. He's got some, these are some good ones. Um, now, we've all heard the normal one, which is the, you know, the root of all evil is money. Uh, Mark Twain said the lack of money is the root of all evil, uh, kind of going against the grain a little bit there. But it can, you know, it's frustrating sometimes whenever you don't have the resources that you want. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons a lot of people fail going into or especially in retirement is because they had an investment plan on how are they saved, whether it was in the bank or the 401k or what have you at work. And then they got to retirement 
and then they don't know how they're going to get income. Now, all of a sudden, the paychecks have stopped, and then they just don't know how they're going to generate the income. And I'll give you an example. You know, a lot of brokers will be out there and say that, oh, our income plan is, don't worry about it. We'll just take 4% off our mutual funds. Okay, well, is that sustainable? If the market's like 2000 to 2010, where we had two bear markets, two 50% drops, is that sustainable if the market doesn't do anything very much over an entire decade? Probably not. So that's not an income plan. So let me give you an example of how we get income, because this is where the money comes from, you know, as it relates to this quote. So let's say somebody comes to us and they've got a million dollars and they say, hey, Mike, you know what? I need $30,000 of additional income for my investments. Well, we can take maybe that 700000 of it. We put it in an income strategy that's generating about 4 or 5%, just an interest in dividends. So that 700000 is going to generate them that $30,000 just from interest in dividends. They never have to touch the seven hundred, And every year that money's coming in for supplemental income. Then we say, okay, now that we've solved the income, we've got this other 300000 on the side. Do we want that for longer-term growth, keep up with inflation? Because now we're not concerned about what the market's doing on a monthly or even an annual basis because we've already solved our income. That's having an income plan. You know? So that's where when he says the lack of money is the root of all evil, absolutely. Because without income, there is no retirement. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> given, given the state of how we feel a lot of times about uh, our, uh, our leaders, uh, it's kind of funny that, you know, most of these quotes, I'm sure, were probably, what, 150 years ago, at least 100 years ago, maybe more, uh, somewhere in that vein. So Mark said, suppose you were an idiot, and then suppose you were a member of Congress. But I repeat myself. <laughs> I agree. And this one could probably be tied in with his quote of, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme or something. <laughs> something right? like said, that, yeah. This is 100 and something years ago, yet it's as apropos today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it should go saying that your retirement plan needs to be able to survive whoever is in political office, locally, regionally, nationally, whatever it happens yeah. to be. But people, especially this year, it's an election year, right? And it's going to be one of the most contentious election years. I honestly can't wait till it gets over because once the fall hits, you know, it's going to be ugly. Uh, but oh, the yeah. thing is that what you have to do is take charge of your own situation so that whatever's going on in Washington or at your you know, state uh, capital doesn't affect you financially to the point where you have to worry about it. What's your plan if maybe somebody who's not friendly to the market gets in higher office? You know, so everybody's saying, you know, oh, Trump was good for the market. You know, so forget about this year, right? Trump was good for the market his first three years. Okay, sure. And good, bad, indifferent, whether you support that or not. Uh, but what happens if somebody who's not friendly to the market, you know, gets in office? It doesn't matter what party they're from. What's your plan? What's your plan if interest rates are going to stay near zero for another decade like they did just before this? What's your plan if tax rates double to not only pay the existing $24 trillion in national debt that we have, but all these extra stimulus packages that we're writing checks for? You know, that's all on borrowed money. You need to have a plan, and it can't be the government's plan. Now, I think that's a great way of looking at that for sure. Well, we're talking about Mark Twain quotes here, and of course, he's got some just some fantastic ones and kind of getting Michael Stewart's take on some of these. And uh, how about this one, Mike? I'm sure you've heard this one before, but maybe many of us haven't. And he said, October is one of the particularly dangerous months for speculating in stocks. There are others like July, January, September, April, November, May, March, June, December, August, and February. (laughs) 
Yeah, correct. So, you know, we have clients that say, you know, we that will say, hey, you know, I want to dabble. I want to trade some stocks. I want to do these kind of things. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. What we'll do is we'll tell them, okay, you know, you've got $700,000. How much of this money are you okay losing? Or how much are you comfortable that, you know, if, if poor decisions or gambling was made, you know, that it won't impact your plan. And usually they'll come back and, you know, the wife will punch the husband and say, none of it. We don't want to lose any of this. <laughs> but but instead we'll say, okay, well, you know, if we want to and we still achieve our goals without this specific amount of money, then we carve out 25, 50, whatever everybody's number is going to be different, you know, money and set it aside in kind of a trading account. And that's okay because, yeah, it's kind of gambling. It's kind of a hobby. It's kind of fun. Uh, but when you're looking at your retirement, then what you do is you start looking at that income plan that we talked about. You need your income plan to be independent of the stock market performance and the stock market plan. And I know I sound like a broken record. Income is the outcome. Income is the outcome. And the reason is because income is the outcome when you're planning for retirement that's got to last you 20 and 30 years. You can't have your income be subject to the whims of the market or what politicians are in office. You've got to have a written income plan so you know with certainty how your bills are getting paid for the next 3, 5, 10, 20 years. Then you can take risk with what's left. All right, and let's do one more from Mr. Mark Twain here, who said the secret to getting ahead is getting started. Super simple and really profound. No, absolutely. And we talk about this each week, right? So for most people, the hardest part is just getting that real retirement plan in place because they just need to raise their hand and say yes. And you know what most people say is, I'll get around to it. But what happens is several years goes by and you don't get around to it. Then all of a sudden you come see me six months before you retire and saying, okay, do I have enough? Okay, you can be more proactive about it. So every podcast, I mentioned that our financial planning process is the retirement success blueprint. Why is that important? It's important because that retirement success blueprint, that financial plan will drive all the decisions that you make on a go forward basis. We touch five separate things and we touch them in this order for good reason. The first one is, what is your written retirement income plan? Where are you getting your income in retirement? You've got social security, you might have a pension, you've got savings, you've got retirement accounts. How do you generate income from those that's going to be uh, consistent for you to be able to pay your monthly bills in retirement? Only after you know that, then you choose the investments. Unfortunately, most people go to their broker and their broker shows them nice charts and some brochures and says, hey, look at this, invest in this. We'll worry about income later. No, worry about income on the front end because that lets you know how much risk you should take to achieve that level of income. That lets you know the type of investments that you need to. Then, now we've got our income done, we've got our risk done, how much we should or should not be taking. Then we go into, is there a way to save taxes today or over our lifetime? How are we gonna handle long-term care or healthcare? If something were to go awry, how would we pay for it? And lastly, estate planning. If something were to happen to us, who would be able to make healthcare and financial decisions for us? If something were to happen to us, we're no longer here. Is everything going to go to where I want it to go with the least amount of time, cost, attorney fees, and taxes? Those five things are the true components of having a plan. So when Mark Twain says the secret to getting ahead is getting started, it is. It's not getting started saying, should I have stock A or B, or should I buy this mutual fund or this annuity? It's about putting a plan in place that is going to give you and your family some sort of peace of mind, some sort of sense of security going forward because you've mapped out all the what ifs. Where's your income coming from? How are you controlling taxes? How are you controlling risk? And then if something were to befall me, is everything going to be okay? 
I think that's the value of having a plan, and that's why every time we do a podcast, we pound the table that the plan is the goal. The investments aren't the goal. The plan is the goal. And folks, if you'd like to get your own retirement success blueprint and you have not started doing that or have not had those conversations, reach out to Michael at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. We hope you enjoy these Mark Twain quotes. And if you'd like to uh, learn more, you can always go to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And you could submit an email question to the program while you're there if you would like as well. And that's how we're going to wrap up this week with Emily in Elgin. And she says, Michael, when should I start focusing less on growing my money and focus more on protecting it instead? I plan to retire in two years or so. And market volatility obviously makes me quite nervous. Yeah, Emily, much like the whole thought on and stream of what we talked about today, it's about what does your plan say, you know, because your plan is going to dictate that. So, you know, in, in short and not to be facetious, but, you know, when should you start focusing more on protecting your money rather than growing it is when you have enough. And when I say enough, it's enough that you already know it can generate the income level that you need in retirement. It's enough that's going to allow you to have the income in retirement to live the lifestyle that you want. And it's also enough to where a market drop isn't going to hurt you more than future gains might help you. That's one of the biggest risks that a lot of people have when they come in. We talked in a prior episode about taking too much risk and those kind of things in people not knowing that is that, you know, when you're two years away from retirement, what would hurt you more or hurt or help you more? Getting a 20% gain on your money over the next two years or if you sustained a 20% loss? That 20% loss, and we've just seen it happen in the last few months, right? That and more. That 20% loss might change the timeline and the calendar upon which you could retire now. So as you get closer, especially that three to five years before retirement or when you're in retirement, that's when you've got to say, you know what? This is no longer about growth and accumulation. I've worked and saved most of my life. This is what I have. It's probably the largest amount of money I'm going to have for the rest of my life. So I need to protect it now and generate a sustainable, predictable income stream off of here over time. So Emily, you know, that's, that's a great question to ask. And you know, when do you focus on protecting it? When your plan says that you pretty much have enough to accomplish all the things, we tell clients all the time, if you've won the game, stop playing the game, right? So no reason to take a lot of risk if you don't need to take more risk. There you go. Thank you so much, Emily. We certainly appreciate it. And folks, we appreciate everyone tuning into the podcast. Again, if you have questions or concerns before you take action, always check with a qualified professional like Michael Stewart at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. You can also subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more. You can do so at Apple, Google, Spotify, and lots of other different podcasting platforms. Simply search in their search box, Retirement Success Blueprint, or you can also just go to the website, Crystal Lake Tax. That's crystallaketax.com. Michael, my friend, thank you so much for your time. Hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Mark. Thanks. We'll see you next time right here on the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial.
investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.